Fit for Life Radio, episode number 75. We have a special guest today. So you, Someone that's not us. All of you that are tired of Gary and Will, we have Amanda Ward with us today. Hi. So Amanda is a licensed professional counselor, and she's also a health, nutrition, lifestyle coach. All the things. Yeah, all the things. So, <laughs> that's a lot, of, all, that's all a lot of hats. All the things are integrated, really. You know? Exactly. You so. know, as business owners, you guys probably know this, but you're taught to niche down mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh, only sure. address one particular yeah. population. And I, I could never do it. It's like, no, this goes. No, this goes. No, they need this. No, we need to. So it yeah. all does go together. Yeah. I used to worry about that. Mm-hmm. But then you just let people come to you and it kind of comes itself. So yes. that's how it's been at the gym. Uh-huh. For Coastal, we kind of, yeah, just have come, and now we have a lot, we've kind of niched down to a lot of 40 and over, mm-hmm. you know, so we slowly transitioned our training so that we're using a little bit lower impact exercises and things yeah. like that, and um, and ultimately, yeah, there was a need for people a little bit older to have an environment that they, you know, want to work towards their goals and train in. That makes so much right? sense. Because the Orange Theories, Burn Boot Camps of the World, they're a lot of 20-somethings, yes. right? Yes. Well, when you're younger and it's like power and mm-hmm. motivation yep. and then Different you think music. about yep. the older population, it's like, oh, you need to reintegrate exercise into your life to solve some problems or to last a little bit longer. But that middle population totally doesn't have a spot. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Especially, you know, strength training is so weird because they're learning how effective and helpful it is yes. for, as we age. Oh my gosh. But it's always seen as like muscles and look good so mm-hmm. everyone thinks well if I'm not in my 20s what's the point of lifting weights and I don't want to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger or, yep. or whoever but the reality is it's very important yep and then but it's also very intimidating yeah, yeah. so if you're in your for- starting in your 40s or 50s you're almost like yeah is this even worth yeah. it and a lot of people have like no idea where to start right like, at all and that's intimidating for people absolutely speaking of starting so let's everyone get to know Amanda, just kind of how you started. So we actually, I've known you for a while. Yeah, we knew each other before when. Before when. <laughs> I don't even remember when when was. I know. So, um, but you went to CNU, right? I did. I got my undergrad degree in psychology from CNU, mm-hmm. played a little bit of field hockey there. Oh, that's a good, so... <laughs> Did you know you wanted to get into fitness then? Oh, so that's actually where it all started, even though, you know, the ideas don't come into fruition until much later and organically mm-hmm. and the path looks different than you think it will. But yeah, I, I know. I, okay. I knew I wanted psychology. I <laughs> so knew I, think- I wanted behavioral, mental, brain, mm-hmm. humans do this because why? Life. Yeah. Which is interesting because now knowing what I've known doing this for 16 years, <laughs> that's almost a better major if you want to be in the fitness oh, industry. Oh, absolutely. Oh, one of my best friends majored in kinesiology and she's like, she doesn't do yeah. anything. Yeah. 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 How many times have you ever had to name a muscle to any, I mean, obviously you need to know it, but right. um, once you know it, okay, really it's, yeah, you know, the psychology of things is yes. what matters the most because getting people to change is the hard part. That is, yeah. Yeah. That's huge. No, I think playing field hockey in college, though, set me up for that next phase of my life as I pursued the the human behavior, mental health aspect of things. It's like, wait a minute, either something's missing or how does this work? Um, I just knew I felt better, and then I ended up utilizing personal wellness to actually heal and overcome a lot of my own mental struggles, mm-hmm. behavioral yeah. struggles. So. That's what makes the best coaches. Yeah, so. I think that's, yeah, um, anyone who struggled, like, you understand yeah. other people a little better, you have yeah. a little more empathy, and that just makes it so much more Oh, my effective. gosh, yeah, relativity is huge. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's a big problem with the fitness industry, especially now with, you know, Instagram and all that, mm-hmm. is if you are, you know, obnoxiously attractive mm-hmm. and ha- you just happen to, everything kind of falls in place for you naturally, yeah. you don't have a drive to learn and figure things out. Right. And then you get, but it's, you know, people want, or they're attracted to that and they think, oh, this person is like this, they must know everything. And then they get put on a pedestal, right? Yeah. Then they maybe are not giving the best information. Um, so whereas when you've had something to overcome or something to kind of, you know, is a deep driver. You yeah. you are really motivated to learn and figure things out yep. and the principles and yep. um, and all, then that's everyone I know that has been in this industry for a long time. 
you know, that's what keeps you driving is then you want that same aha moment yeah. for all your clients. Well, you know, what is that? That's it, it, that description is what people call their why, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're everybody's like, you have to have your why, you have mm-hmm. to have your why. And then if we're seeking that from external, right? Yeah. Oh, I want what they have, or I want to figure that out. We're never, it's not going to be as effective as if we went through that experience ourselves from the mm-hmm. inside out. Yeah. So feel you know, you played field hockey, psychology yep. major, yeah. and then what happened after that? I went on, uh, I t- there's a little break in there. Um, actually, my first experience working in a psych ward at a hospital, I lived with my parents for a year between undergrad and grad school. Quickly dis- decided and figured out that that is not the part <laughs> of this this life that I want to live. Um, I didn't want to be part of the pathology or the pathologizing so much as I wanted to be a part of the solution and the prevention and the optimizing of what it's like to live a life. So then I I got my grad degree, uh, I got a master's in clinical community and school counseling uh, from Regent University, lived in Virginia Beach for two and a half years, and um, went on to kind of pursue the natural conventional progression of what it's supposed to look like to become a therapist. So uh, a lot of work in behavioral health. I spent uh, almost a decade with at-risk youth, uh, emotional and behavioral issues in school systems and families. And um, so in that work, which took a lot longer than it should have because that's Mm kind of how life happens, right? Um, I uh, continued to pursue, heal, and overcome my own struggles, and it was just it became a no-brainer that food and the way I used and honored my body was going to be 100% connected to how I felt, thought, and what came next for me. Mm -hmm. So I I started personal training on the side. I would personal train at 5 a.m. and then at 6 p.m. every day driving to Richmond. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And well, my, my day job was between you know, it was always an hour away from my home. So a lot of time on the road, a lot of time um, in that job, and then I wanted to do this thing. But by connecting with just those few clients, I was able to squeeze in with that part-time work. It, your personal trainers, your therapist. Mm-hmm. So th- my, my worlds <laughs> <Yes>. collided <laughs> so easily. And that's when it just became clearer and clearer to me, like, I don't want to just do this, and I don't want to just do this. It all works together. How do I make that happen? And so that's been the progression of the past... Yeah, know, seven years. It's it's cool how stuff like that just kind of like falls together, you uh-huh. know. Like like us, like we didn't plan on doing a group training gym, you yeah. know. Like we personal trained, and then just you know, Gary opened this up, and that was a natural progression for us. So yeah, same similar to you. I mean, the driver's always been what what do people need, mm-hmm. yes. you know. So I've worked at One yeah. Life, and uh-huh. then I had little twenty four hour gyms, uh-huh. but I would see people join a gym, use it for a week don't use it again. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't mm-hmm. work. They need the accountability support. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And then as we so did this style of gym and even then, you know, a big missing piece for a lot of people's nutrition, yeah. right? So yeah. we, we really drive that <laughs> forward and that's why our gym gets great results. But even mm-hmm. now more and more, which is what we're going to be getting into today yeah. is okay. Yeah. I mean, and as young trainers, you go through all the X's and O's of exercise programming mm-hmm. and different mm-hmm. exercises and different mm-hmm. training modalities and, and the perfect diet. Yes. <laughs> but then you start to realize all the people that need help and that, yeah, I mean, ultimately do something active. Um, you know, the nutrition, there's there's foods, right? Mm-hmm. That you ha- And there's, so it's figuring that out, but we kind of have a good idea on that. Mm-hmm. But everyone focuses on these things, on what to eat and mm-hmm. what to exercise. and But the reality is wrapped around all that so everyone knows these things why do people still struggle so much Mm -hmm. it's because of their thoughts Mm -hmm. and environment really so Mm -hmm. those two things are what we're starting to see is the biggest roadblock and obstacles for clients so you know having you and I had reached out to you before too because we even get some people who are a little bit outside of our scope Mm -hmm. um, time-wise as well when you start digging in with some of these reasons you know a lot of people start to exercise because they're trying to maybe fix other problems mm-hmm. in their life. Mm-hmm. And they think, well, if I just achieve this body composition mm-hmm. or this, do this certain thing in the gym, everything's going to be great. And the reality mm-hmm. is it's, it's not. And then that mm-hmm. kind of holds them back. Yeah. So let's talk a little about, um, yes, yeah, really people's thoughts because yeah. like we work with a lot of people who, let's just, cause it's a general goal. They want to lose weight. Yeah. Maybe they've been a little bit bigger their entire life. Yeah. And I start to, we start to realize that 
they don't even really believe they can actually lose the weight. Ding, ding, ding. Um, so then there's a lot of self-sabotage. Yeah, yeah. What, yeah. what do you think about that? Oh my gosh, that? that's that's like the, the surface level, right? You're like, well, they come to you to lose weight. That's yeah. the surface level. But then you see that and you're like, okay, mm-hmm. well, under all of that is the basic understanding of how human beings work, right? So we have thoughts, which at some level become our beliefs, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have the way that those thoughts and beliefs make us feel, translated to the, the, the feelings, the emotions, mm-hmm. the, yeah. you know, the motivators or the lack of motivation. That's all in that realm. And then the next level is, well, how does that influence me to act, right? So the bottom line question is, who am I being? What am I I'm going through on a daily basis? How aware of them am I? That's the huge piece is, do I even know what I'm doing? You know, we all have a schema or a paradigm, right? Like it's this automatic way of being, you know, what's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? What time do you brush your teeth? Like where, where do you go for lunch every day? How do you, how do you turn when you pull out of your driveway? Those are all automatic beliefs. Uh, and when we understand that that's the basic component for how humans function, then we can apply that to almost everything that's going on in our lives and go, wait a minute, well, I'm showing up this way here. What is the belief underneath all of that? And I always say that your, your experiences and your teachers give you one thing. they give you learned belief. And our job is to figure out if these learned beliefs, one, work for us, or two, are actually aligned to who we really are and want to be. And so when you put all that like on paper in front of you, you go, okay, so I want to be, or I believe I am this, and I'm doing this. So if these two things don't line up, we call it incongruency, but it's, there, it's never, there's never going to be a flow of results or success yeah. because you're always disjointed. So it's that lack of alignment that we have to uncover. Um, and you have to start simple. So that's why we start with things like diet mm-hmm. and exercise, yep. right? Yep. But then, you know, that's only going to last for a certain period of time before identity becomes a part of that puzzle. Big time. You know, you're never going to, I forget who says this, but you're never going to outperform your identity. So you may, you said, you know, if I'm, if I'm big boned or I come from a family that has trouble losing weight, uh, I'm so sorry. Absolutely. I'm so sorry. But until we, I, they get in, in there and figure out if that's a belief you desire and that aligns with your life, you're not going to surpass it. Yeah. So you mentioned, we mentioned a little earlier, the five whys, Mm. um, I mean, I think that's a place where whenever we notice or people, yeah, they can lose weight for a short amount of time or go to the gym and start training hard for a short amount of time and then they fall off. Mm -hmm. And I think it's ultimately because... They, they haven't really found their deep why. You keep, yeah, you kind of tick through the levels mm-hmm. and then you get to a stuck place, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, what's, what's your experience with, and I think another thing people have to give themselves is like grace with time. Mm-hmm. You know, it, oh you know, not everyone can just sit here and then dig deep, good to that fifth why, <laughs> have it click, yes. and then, then everything goes. And that's where someone like you in, in a more yeah. therapist setting comes yeah. in. Yeah. Well, we go to the gym for our thoughts. Mm -hmm. Like, we have to understand that that's a thing. Like, we go to the gym for our body. We go to the gym for our mood. Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Where's the gym for how to reset my thinking? Because here's the thing. We're either not taught, and even if we are taught, we live in a culture that doesn't condition the way a human works. Mm -hmm. Meaning... (sighs) Our brain works in patterns, and our brain and our mind are two different things. So where I believe that we are spirit identity, we, ha- we have a mind, and we live in a body. So the brain is part of the body, and the brain has a uh, practical, uh, tangible functionality, what fires together, wires together. So every time we go through a similar act, thought, behavior, if we do that on repeat, there are little electrical impulses that follow a specific pathway through the brain. Mm-hmm. Well, the more that happens, the I like to picture like one of these like telephone wire cables. It mm-hmm. gets thicker and it gets thicker and it gets bigger and more sturdy. So these are, these are the things that become those habits, those automatic patterns I was talking about. So if we've gotten to our 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, even beyond that, and we're going, oh, I want to stop doing this thing. I'm realizing this thing that I'm doing is causing me trouble or distress, mm-hmm. well, that's decades of wiring. Yeah. So that's the patience and the grace. And I think that's where the spirit and the mind collide mm-hmm. with understanding of the physical body. Yeah. And we can dig in with that too. I'm sure you've <laughs> read uh, or heard of Atomic Habits. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he talks a lot about that. And, yeah. Um, but so even more so, let's dig in with yeah. 
those bad habits, like then just in of doing them themselves, that develops, right? Absolutely. But then we have, <laughs> let's take things like cigarettes, yeah, right? And yeah. eating a lot of junk food. Yeah. Then these things also have drugs that are that also we're fighting against. Yeah, so you're fighting. A re- there's a reward. Yeah. yeah. You're well, fighting against uh-huh. your habit of say, yeah, smoking after every time you eat mm-hmm. or, um, you know, snacking every time you get in the car to drive home yes. or when you start watching TV. So you're creating that loop. That uh-huh. Then you're also using something that is kind of, you mentioned how, you know, kind of how our body and mind and, yep. and the mm-hmm. environment we are made for. Mm-hmm. But then all these things are these extra outside influences. Yeah. Well, it's the bringing together of the multiple aspects of yourself. and Meaning, you know, you have this snacking habit in the car or you have this cigarette. You have the the practical that we just talked about with that wiring. Mm-hmm. So we have that pattern. But then you have senses, emotions, and neurochemicals. So you have dopamine coming to play, right? This makes me feel good or it's my reset or whatever. So... It is the collision of how our body works, how it, how it is to be a human that creates these habits. And when we come to terms with the idea that we want to stop something, we are not taught or conditioned to bring all of those aspects to the table. We're taught, just stop it. Just do it. You yep. know, mm-hmm. oh, well, if you want to stop smoking, like flush the yeah. down the toilet and do this instead. Well, it's going to be a long process yeah. and we have to commit to the process to get the rewards that we want. Yeah. And if there's something that we've learned, you know, over the years is that telling people to do things oh my gosh. does yeah. not That's work. That's what precision nutrition at all yeah, really, yeah. really taught us was um, you know, yeah. try, try to uh huh. Well, so fun. Yeah. So, well, and yeah. you know, to, you guys know I'm certified in precision mm-hmm. nutrition mm-hmm. coaching as well, uh, and I love the behavioral aspect that they bring to their yeah. certification. Oh, that, that was a game changer. When for did us. you do your certification with them? Oh, wow, three, four, okay. four, five years ago. So we have everyone do it. All my coaches. So I've gotten to see like. Uh, yeah. So someone's doing it now, and they have a new version. Yes. And every version that's come has get up level more and more. Shifted oh, that's so great. Towards the mindset to change the Behavior. psychology. Well, it's it's just evidence that. It isn't so much, yes, there's a huge what with what we're eating, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are, and like you said, we kind of get it. We know what's good for us and we know it's not so good for us. And it's 2021. That information is at the click of a button. You can find out about food industry. You can Mm -hmm. find out about whatever you want. But those habits are not applicable unless you, I I like to talk about (laughs) self-love, acceptance, Mm -hmm. And understanding. Yeah. And so uh, I was I was listening the other day. I think it's a uh, Carl Jung, old like backs backstage psychology guru stuff. But um, there's a story about two drunks who come to him, and they're getting ready to start AA. And he he basically says, "You'll never cure alcoholism with therapy. It's a spiritual issue." So that brings kind of what we're talking about now. It's not just one thing. You can't just yeah. think your way out of this. You have to be it. You have to do it, and you have to understand it. Yeah, and you know, so to bring that with exercise and food, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of times, people. We were lucky. We were athletes when we were younger. And I've noticed this correlation big time. People who uh, played sports and stuff when they were younger are obviously much more likely to (laughs) feel comfortable or go exercise and go to the gym. Whereas everyone else has built up Mm -hmm. thought processes that I'm not athletic. I'm not that exercise Mm -hmm. person. Mm -hmm. And that prevents them from ever starting. Absolutely. When we sit down with people here for a strategy session before, you know, but when they're thinking about signing up, that's the number one thing is people are intimidated Uh from that that's, I'm not an exercise person, you know? Well, they see these box jumps or these mm push-ups, and they're like, oh, I could never do that. I just want to lose some weight. (laughs) And then with nutrition, it's it's a similar thing as well. Absolutely. Um, You know, people, I mean, we start eating when we're, Babies, right? Yeah. So you have habits from the time you're a toddler. Mm-hmm. You know, a simple one is your parents. What do they always say when you're a kid, right? You, you can't leave till you finish all your food. Sure. So right there, we're messing up our appetite regulation. Or you're me, and you have a lot of health problems, and you get a donut every time you're a good girl at the doctor's office. Yep. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So now you're you're learning that food is a reward, right? right? Absolutely. Um, yep. The food is also, you know, the emotional eating. Mm-hmm. So they're learned experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like this makes me feel good when I feel mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. That's the dopamine. One thing I've noticed, I've, I found interesting is so you know how some people naturally seem like they always stay thin, right? Uh-huh. And then some people struggle with their weight. Mm-hmm. A, a major correlation I've seen to where when I meet with people, I always ask them this question, Alan, because it's 100% ends up working out like this, where 
I've noticed people who struggle with maybe they're underweight uh-huh. or yeah, they never gain weight. Uh-huh. When they're stressed, they don't eat. Uh-huh. That's uh-huh. So that's how they're wired. That's how yeah. I am. Yes. Like when I'm stressed, yes. yeah, I'm t- you didn't eat today? How You're you sympathetic. To that's the last thing I would yeah. think about. Then people maybe who struggle with their weight, um, when they're stressed, they, they eat. Yeah. It's right? Like- so it's... That's that self-understanding piece I, I mentioned. It's if you don't know you, mm-hmm. and there's the, this is a whole Pandora's box, right? I love it's fun. <laughs> we like Pandora's box. <laughs> I love uh, getting like in the weeds with people, but it has to be right for them, right? Like yeah. I like finding out what your genetics are, and then mm-hmm. looking at the world of epigenetics and how have those you know predetermined quote unquote physical factors about you evolved over time mm-hmm. based on your lifestyle and your experiences. And I like looking at like. Um, you know, we you just mentioned body type and like even personality to me oh, yeah, is type like, a versus, yes. Yep, yes. And a lot of that, all of it mm-hmm. ends up being more pattern than it is innate yep. in us. And, um, if we don't know these things about ourselves, we are always going to be putting ourselves up against an external standard. And that's always going to lead to yep. either temporary or no results at all. So it's going, okay, what kind of human am I? How do I work? Am I sympathetic nervous system dominant Mm -hmm. or am I parasympathetic nervous system dominant, right? You know, does my body handle carbohydrates better than fats? Mm -hmm. You know, we got to figure that stuff out because then we tweak and tailor our daily way of being to support or um, navigate or manage those aspects Mm -hmm. of ourselves. And then suddenly we not only are getting results, we're also feeling successful, which mm-hmm. is a double whammy. Yeah, and even like you talked about parasympathetic versus mm-hmm. sympathetic. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm a, you, you probably like align yourself with <laughs> the stress um, sympathetic, right? Mm-hmm. So and I've noticed working with clients that are like that, when you try to get them to do like a yoga mm-hmm. or a low-intensity cardio session. It is the last thing they want to they do. Don't, I'm being called out right now. It took me 30 out. years. <laughs> so, um, were you the person that like, I can't stay still enough to meditate or like... Are you kidding? Uh, Okay. This is so perfect. (laughs) This story. I never tell this story, but it fits so well. So in undergrad, when I'm majoring in psychology and I'm playing field hockey and we're strength training and we're running our little feet off, you know... um, I'm getting a minor in religious studies because that's what you do. Mm-hmm. You add more academics on top of yeah. everything, right? Because you can't have no downtime <laughs> Makes to, have sense, to, yeah. to have to internally reflect right, on anything. Right, No, exactly. Well, that leads to the other <laughs> lesson, right, is, you know, this professor uh, was leading us in a meditation. I had a panic attack because I could not, I was not okay with. You had to be alone with yourself. I, that is That is exactly yeah. where I was headed. And that is, you know. <laughs> where we are now, I, I like I I teeter that line of we're so young. Oh my gosh, how old am I? Like I'm getting so much older, mm-hmm. right? But this is where I am now, and the work that I do with clients is if we are not able to sit alone with ourselves and we are not accepting and okay with who that person is, yeah. that's where we have to go. Like that's that's the real work. Um, but yes, you're 100 percent right. I. But look at what that is. It's not just who I, the type of person I am. Maybe I'm sympathetic driven. I'm a type A, right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's there. But I had learned beliefs that you were, if you were not productive, if you were not working yep. hard, then you are a failure or you were not worthy of what the next thing was for mm-hmm. you. So in order, I, I had to either be sweating or stressing in order to be, to feel, to to feel accomplished. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know when that connection clicked. And so that's the other thing is, is a lot of people want that aha moment, right? They want that big transformative moment in their life. And there are some of those, but I couldn't tell you right now sitting here when I came to a place of understanding that it, you have to slow down to speed up. I know that I know it with every ounce of my being. I practice it daily now, but I don't know when it was. It was over a period of time and, you know, through a process of getting to know, love, accept, Mm -hmm. and understand myself. That's like, that's how most things happen, whether weight loss Mm -hmm. or... Yeah, you you look back and you go, You don't really have an aha moment for the the Mm. most part. And some people do, you know, some people just have a moment that clicks with nutrition. They're like, oh... I completely uh-huh. get it now, and it, they and they do, but most of us just kind of slide slowly mm-hmm. into something, yeah. And then one day you're like, "When did this happen? Like, yeah. when did I become this person?" Yes. Um, so that's yeah, that's interesting. Well, and the hindsight of that is what we wish we could have everybody know, right? Mm-hmm. But you don't know until you get to the other side. Ex- yeah. yeah. So you have to have trust and faith on the on the front side to go. Okay, I'm mm-hmm. gonna trust the process, <laughs> which is hard. I think it's stressful for some mm-hmm. people to trust a process, oh not knowing. 
you know, not knowing what the outcomes be or just being afraid of failure. Like, what if I try yes. this and it doesn't work? Yes. Well, that's where we bring everything together and we go, wait a minute, where did that fear of failure come from? Mm-hmm. That's a learned belief. That's a function of my environment, my influences and my associations growing up. Mm-hmm. That's a deeply rooted pattern. Yeah. And as we sit here and like talk to it, <laughs> <laughs> break each other down. <laughs> um, like, I want people to realize that, and this is too how everyone, re- it takes relate it takes time and trust and relationships right yes. and, and a lot of times um yeah we because we have known each other a while yeah. like there's some trust right sure. so we can talk about it it takes you a while to get there with someone right oh my gosh yes well and and also observing that well what do we all want <laughs> we want to be wanted and we don't want to be left alone right? So we yeah. want to know that we, that's what trust is, you know, and I like to talk about self-trust when we're abandoning our own desires through our negative habits all day yeah. long, we're never going to give that person what they want, that person mm-hmm. being us yeah. because we can't trust each other. Yeah. So uh, I like to say we all have multiple personalities and like in, I like to break down like the way I deal with things, but you know, the therapy world, you learn those multiple personalities, you find out what like, little girl you who's mm-hmm. still stuck in the needing donuts after yeah, a doctor's yes. office versus the current you who Needs understands, y- sure, <laughs> what, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is, it's like, oh, that's where that's coming from, right? But uh, we can understand that. But then, you know, there's there's the coaching, which is really just like, wait a minute, what is that doing for you? I understand that it's so ingrained in you, but is it working for you now? Mm-hmm. And that question often is enough to start that awareness process of going, you know what, you're right. Like, I don't need that anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And change, you know, pointing things out too is very uncomfortable for people. So then people can get offended, you know, or, you know, they have to reflect on, (laughs) you know, it's normally their own issues, right? So, Mm -hmm. um, that, Mm -hmm. and that, that comes back to like how strong is your relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, Mm -hmm. like we have clients who will take a year or two before any, outcome, pro, you know, I yep. say quote unquote progress, but yes. the reality is I've done this enough to know, like you're still here showing up and we're That's getting, progress. You're, you're trusting us more That's success. You're getting deeper. This is progress. Like, Absolutely. It's, it's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but the fitness world is, yeah. is super not long-term, right? Yep. We want quick results. We want, we had a client the other day who's working on nutrition and they're like, I think I need a, a six week challenge, you know? And we, we do a six week challenge in January when everyone's motivated. Mm-hmm. And most people, yeah, last four days and they fall off. And it's like, so in their mind, they think they need the six-week challenge. But it's like, we just did one and it didn't, it didn't <laughs> yeah, work, yeah, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It, it didn't put you, it didn't work how you think it's going to. They, yeah. People think, so most people think they need that aha motivation. Yeah, yeah. But they the don't realize is, that every single day is the challenge. Mm-hmm. And if we start looking at it that way, yeah. we're going to get both the positive reinforcement and all of the other pieces that come to showing up the next day and the next day. I, I hear the same thing, whether it's through coaching or, or therapy, where it's like, I just need something. What's another book I can read? Or what's a uh, program? I did it, right? But the same the thing books. with the nutrition and the, yeah. and the fitness. It's like, what's another program that I can try? Or what's a new supplement mm-hmm. that I can try? Or those, it's not a thing that's going to work for you. It's yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. And then the magic of coaching isn't the thing we're giving you, it's the accountability and support. It, yeah. It's and the outcome of the relationship. And helping them like bring awareness to things I think, or come to conclusions on their own. I think back to how much stuff's changed over the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Before, when I was a trainer at the gym and there was really no like internet like there is mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. you had to go to the library mm-hmm. or an expert, right? And if I said, this is your nutrition plan, they went and they tried to do it, right? But that was, but they were on now their it's like, here's your nutrition plan from your coach that you hired and you're paying money and it's like <laughs> they'll come back to you with their research and five other um, options but i'm gonna do this whole 30 recipe yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they gave me this but so then you spend time you know trying to convince them why even though you thought you already convinced well, them. well and i think the hard part of that is this is not my agenda yeah right no, I, my At agenda all. Is, is you succeeding it's, <laughs> you told me this is what you wanted let's do you yeah, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. so i told you how to do you yeah. right but then now people gather information, which feels productive. But then the yes. reality is, it's it's not. And most people now, it's they get they never get started because they are caught in that trap. Well, I love the analogy of the sponge in that scenario, right? Um, you know, you think of a sponge like your classic dish sponge. If you're constantly just taking in external substance, what happens mm-hmm. to that sponge? 
it's disgusting. It is stagnant. It rots. It's gross, right? Mm -hmm. So you have to, one, you have to wring that sponge out every now mm -hmm. and then. But the other way I like to look at that is, is becoming a filter instead of a sponge, right? Yeah. I'm going to bring information through me, but I'm going to keep what works. How am I going to know what works? Because I got to do something with that yeah. information. So, you know, they, Schoolhouse Rock, knowledge is power, right? <laughs> uh, applied knowledge is yeah. freedom. Yeah. And that's one thing I noticed because when you said books, it just <laughs> kind of set me off. Because, I mean, I love to read. I know Gary oh, loves yes. to read. However, mm -hmm. the number of self-help books that I think people blow through mm -hmm. looking for an answer mm -hmm. but never really taking any action is a little bit frustrating, I guess, because they never do anything with it. They keep collecting all this stuff, which mm -hmm. honestly most self-help books are basically the same thing. Recycled over and over well, in a different way. It's all spiritual principle. When you nothing, there is nothing new exactly. under the sun. <laughs> it's just maybe regurgitated a different way, or there's more stories yeah. to it, or something more Well, and that more person personal. wrote that book because this was their process. Exactly. And maybe uh, I use the terminology aspiration without attachment. We can aspire to things that are attractive to us, or things that look good, or things that resonate with us. Maybe there is mm -hmm. some relativity here, yeah. but it's going to look a little different in your life. So yes. why not experiment yep. instead of expect? Yeah. Yep. It's yeah, so information gathering stuff. Let's dig in on that a little. Yeah. It's going to look, a, you know, a mm -hmm. little different in your life. So that's what I think people overlook is, yes, say, well, what's your eating plan? What's your exercise plan? But if you have four kids and work full time mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. unsupportive spouse, mm -hmm. you have, those are all obstacles and roadblocks you have to deal with that maybe mm -hmm. the person you admire Mm -hmm. has different ones mm -hmm. or, and definitely and doesn't have those ones, right? So it's going to look different. Absolutely. Um, and then you just run yourself into to the ground thinking, I'm trying to do what they do and it's not working. And so I, and then th yeah. this is where the negative self-thoughts yep. come in. Well, yep. I'm a failure. Yes. I can't do this. Something's yes. wrong with me. Yes. Yeah. So we've come back to that idea of what, who am I identifying as and uh, how is that impacting who I'm being? Because you're, how, who you're being is always going to dictate your results, right? Who you're being is your habits. Um, so it's not always, I know we want to start with our habits and I get it and it's going to be fruitful to a degree, but if you haven't or you don't continually do the identity work, it's going to be temporary. It is. Yeah. We always have to come back to that. And you use the word self-talk 100%. What am I saying to myself? And when we think about, uh, you know, we were talking about with those neural pathways and how influential your thoughts are on your feelings and then your actions, we have to recognize, I think the latest research says something like over 6,000 thoughts run through our minds a day. Yeah. Well, only a tiny percentage of those are thoughts you know you're thinking. The rest of them are like subconscious and unconscious and constant on loop. And I think the other research says that it's something like 80% of those thoughts are negative in nature because we have what's called a negativity bias. We have a human uh, need to survive. And thank God 2021 for most of us is not about like not getting killed, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. for most of us. And I say that with relation to like tribal and ancestral groups of people who are always on the lookout for the next saber-toothed tiger. Mm -hmm. We don't have to think like that. Well, our survival is more about acceptance in social circles. Our survival is about am I good enough or, mm -hmm. you know, whether that's a PTA mom group or the coastal fitness gym group or, you know, your mm -hmm. church group. It doesn't matter. Like I want to be accepted and loved. And if I feel that that's threatened, then that's a survival mechanism. So I have to constantly be on guard, constantly be defended myself and I'm putting energy into that without knowing it, I'm not going to be putting energy into creating and identifying as the human I'm supposed to become. Yeah. So where do you like to start with people on that kind of like self-work? So I wish I could say there was one place to start. <laughs> uh, uh, it depends. It's usually on our answer. It yeah. depends. Yeah, right. It, well, it really is the answer. But um, it depends on what level I'm working with someone on. If someone comes to me and is like all in, I want to transform my life, and I'm on in a one-on-one -on -one coaching or they therapy just relationship. Back from a Tony Robbins. Uh, <laughs> <seminar>. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, it's okay. We're gonna get down and dirty from the get-go, and I do probably like. Um, what I consider to be a pretty eye-opening assessment, where I have people give. Uh, um, a, a rating, if you will, of the. There's like 12 to 15 areas of mm -hmm. our life, um, and there's probably more than that, but that's what I use. And they have to be 100% honest, and they have to give the level of satisfaction that they have with that area of their life today, 
and no if, ands, or buts, no justifications, rationalizations, nothing. So we get that number, and then we identify what a 10 would look like in mm -hmm. that area of their life, and we get to see the incongruency, and that gives us a baseline for digging into what we've been talking about. Mm -hmm. How are you identifying in that area? What are the thoughts? What are the learned behaviors? What's your first experience in that area of your life that, you know, influenced how you think about it? What are the things you think about other people in that realm, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but if I'm working on someone on a, on a, I, I would say not more surface level, but a different level. Say somebody comes to me just for diet and exercise. You know, we we look at habits, we look at daily outcomes, we look at okay, what's the what's the goal? And it, I think one of the hardest things for me is getting people to set a daily goal instead of like a three month yeah. goal or a thirty day goal. Mm -hmm. So um, awareness is the is the place to start. A hundred percent. That's that's where yeah. we've landed too. Like absolutely, we. You know, that's why we get people to track calories. And it's not something we uh -huh. want people to have uh -huh. to do forever, but no. you got to have some clue what you're eating or you're going to have no idea where to start. You cannot, what do they say? You cannot monitor what you don't measure. Yeah, that's, a, that's, that's Gary. <laughs> Gary's saying, man. Those cliches. But it is, well, gotta, somebody said it because it was true. T-shirts that I wear at home. Yes. <laughs> no, absolutely. I am a big proponent. I track periodically because Same. here's the other part about this there's no end of the game no there's no finish line <laughs> mm -hmm. you know it doesn't matter how quote-unquote evolved or optimized you are you're a human and you are always subject to be at the mercy of your functionality yeah. so several times a year you got to come back to the drawing board and I go wait a minute what's going on here too. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm. if i take your test <laughs> i'm confident that i'm an a-plus dog dad <laughs> same but absolutely homeowner yeah, oh, I wow. mean, but, like, you, but you know that about D, yourself. Like a D, man. I got, I got leaves I still got to pick oh, up. It's priorities. I got <laughs> mulch I got to do. Yeah, Absolutely. but you know what, man? Mm. That, but that, your dog gets walked. That house yeah. can't. My, no, my dog gets walked. He gets fed. <laughs> he gets his collagen peptides. Oh. You know, he gets. Uh, I, I get. You're talking to the same guy. Mm. Oh, my God. Well, so actually, so that's good. Let me ask this. Uh -oh. So with that. Yeah. It's like the goal for everyone to be a 10 in every category, or yeah. is it to know you, there's the give and take, yes, right? Absolutely. Well, um, the funny thing is, is most of the categories are closer to 10 and aren't even that important to you. Yeah. They're easier. Mm -hmm. You know, somebody who might, oh, this is going to hurt somebody, I'm sure, but if somebody rates their relationship a three, but their relationship, they rate their fitness a 10 or a yeah. nine. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't need to show up over here that much. You don't have yeah. to pay attention to it. You got that. Yeah. Okay. I've been hiding from this area over here because it's painful to me. Yeah. And that's that identity, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and no, the, the answer is not to be a 10 in all areas. The answer is to be, go back to, <laughs> when I am by myself, am I okay with who I am? Yeah. Whether it's in that area or anywhere else, you know. So then if we go back to as most of, how most of us came up, right, with school, mm -hmm. you see where almost like how we're – treated as young kids mm -hmm. in a way mm -hmm. can set us up for a lot of these issues mm -hmm. right because as you just said like we know dealing with this like the goal is almost for people not to try to be perfect right, right. but then when we're coming up it's like you need straight A's you got to be the best well, there's athlete these external marker markers that mm -hmm. are set and sure maybe you're told it's okay if you oh. don't reach that but that completely goes against what we're being shown mm -hmm. so again there's incongruence in the system to begin with yeah yeah luckily I was always and it's why I think I ended up liking business and do well at it is when I was younger, I kind of, I would do really well in school and stuff that I enjoyed and stuff I didn't like. I'll just get a C. Sure. You know, and everything, everything else I'd get an A. Yeah. And then when I got into fitness, I really like, I learn and pour myself into mm -hmm. it like un, like unbalanced uh -huh. for sure. Um, but then you, you, you know, you learn it and do good at it. So, uh, but then at the same time you have to, you don't want a bunch of ones either, right? So mm -hmm. um, it's finding, it's kind of like that soundboard, you know, finding you got to balance, like, man. find the yeah. balance with everything, yeah. knowing yeah. there's no perfection, but there's also, yeah. um, you can't turn a blind eye to everything either. No, and you can't pretend like an area of your life doesn't matter to you Yeah. when it does. You can't lie to yourself. Mm -hmm. And a good point too is, and this is where it comes down to, everyone's different, right? Mm -hmm. You have to know what's, like what's going on, right? If, mm -hmm. if you follow some CrossFit athlete and they train a certain way, well, they're, they're getting paid. That's their job to exercise. So now you, you can't copy what they do because now all of a sudden 
your actual job that pays you may suffer, right? Your yes. family, your relationships, yes. because you want to be in the gym seven days a week, four hours a day. So much. You're speaking to somebody who thought she was a semi-pro marathoner for a while. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Numbers don't tell that story, but that was the mentality. Yeah. And God bless my husband. You talk about supportive spouses. Like, I'm that girl with the supportive spouse. He just looked at me and goes, if you were getting paid for this, I would let you run with that. But yeah. you're not. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. this, I have to remind you that this isn't your... This isn't your income. This yeah. isn't your well-being. This yeah. is something that you love to do. If you don't love to do it anymore, yeah. don't why are you do doing it? it right? Yes. And that's what's tough about the fitness world, yes. like running and you know CrossFit and powerlifting is these things all of us can go do. Like there's no – like you can step in a gym. You can step outside. Mm-hmm. But if your husband – started going to play tackle football with his friends all the time, you'd be like, what are you, you're, you're not going pro. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to get, why are you smashing your, right? right? So these things, yeah, yes. you, you look at it as crazy, yeah. but there, but luckily there's a barrier to entry, right? Like yeah. you need equipment, you need yes. other people that want to do yes. it with you. Yeah. Whereas the fitness world, so everything accessible. is very accessible. And now you can log on to Instagram oh, yeah. and follow these professionals. Absolutely. You don't even have to pay for subscription anymore. Yeah. Oh. And you're like, I am them. Yes. You know? <laughs> yes. Or I got this, or I create my own workouts, or, you know, yeah, yeah absolutely. And then you fall down that slippery slope, you yep. know? And then, if anything, it might make you um, have an unhealthy relationship with exercise because you may never quite live up to where you want to get and you see what other people are doing, and then mm-hmm. you feel defeated. Yep. And now you don't look forward to your workouts. Yep. So, again, it comes back to being honest with yourself, right? Yeah. Like, why am I doing that this? That assessment, right? <laughs> yes. That assessment yes. and that awareness. Yes. And so. who am I being, and how is mm-hmm. that lining up with? Yeah. Who I want to be, right? So I think one thing, so it's like, sounds awful, right? But I know something that's worked for me because, again, I was very competitive, loved sports. and But eventually I was like, man, um, yeah, it, like the time, you know, it's, it's not going to work out. And I don't mm-hmm. want to fall down this rabbit hole. So I started shifting my goals to long term, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's like, well, these are the things I can kind of do now, training three, four days a week. Mm-hmm. If I can maintain the physical things I do now at 36 and be doing them when I'm mm. 66, mm-hmm. that actually is super elite, right? Sure. Um, now, that goal is very long-term, sure. and the crazy thing about that goal is it really just means you need to maintain Stay the for same. 30 years. So you tell someone, ooh, the goal of maintaining, they look at you sideways, yes. right? But the reality is we meet with people all the time. Actually, most of the people we meet with have lost weight at some point, mm-hmm. have gotten in a great shape. Yeah. The problem is they can't maintain it. Yes. Well, we again, going back to, you know, we live in a world where everything is, is stimulating and influential all oh, the time. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we can use the dirty word comparison, but all comparison means is that I'm looking out there yeah. for what's right for me when the only way I can know what's right for me is by going in here. And we don't have a society that conditions that. So we have to build the mental muscle to be able to sustain that practice ourselves no matter what's going on outside of us. Which is and it's, hard. It's so hard. Um, there's, you know, when you look at the brain science and the understanding of human behavior, changing habits, it's too hard or it's, oh, you know, but it's not. It's just awkward. It's just yeah, swimming upstream. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. It's yeah. in, and discomfort, they talk about, you know, talk about another cliche. cliche. <laughs> <laughs> discomfort, and, uh, no one grows inside their comfort zone. Is that what it is? Yeah. Like, yeah. Is that what your t-shirt says? <laughs> the, the worst one, you put the fish in the fishbowl, <laughs> he's only going to get so big. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you man. put him in a bigger fishbowl, <laughs> he's going to turn into a shark. Right. <laughs> but so you look at that and it, when you understand that discomfort doesn't mean run the other way. Yeah. It means take a deep breath and be okay where you are. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, that was my personal experience with that is uh, three years ago now, I finally got a PR in qualifying for the Boston Marathon. Mm-hmm. And the way I did that went 100% against the nature of, of how yeah. I've built myself. It was my, my personality, quote unquote, pattern of way of being was to go as hard as I could all the time because if I didn't go hard enough, then I wasn't going to reach my potential and I wasn't mm-hmm. going to be doing enough. Yeah. Uh, I crashed into uh, a great coach, a local, anybody who needs a great marathon coach who's not me, I'll send you his <laughs> way. Um, but he made me access my aerobic threshold heart rate and made me. I'm paying him for it, right? I chose to. But uh, made me run slow. And I ran slow, and I crushed my goal. And it was like, oh. Mm -hmm. that's And I I think (laughs) going off what you said of 
But that's hard if, to do. I mean, it, yeah, you got to give yourself credit because it's easy to hire a coach and not do it, you know? It's easy to hire a coach and not do it, but it's also easier to say, I don't need a coach yeah, because yeah. I know what I need to and know. And most people will, like, if I'm not doing seven days a week, mm-hmm. I'm not doing enough. Or I'm leaving results on the table mm-hmm. if they don't do that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, we have some people, you know, here that run and kind of do it what I would say the right way uh-huh. is, like, what's the least amount of work I can do? To get to perform the best, yeah, to perform the best, yeah. and that's like really where we should be. I mean, yes. we, do, we do that with working Work out, smarter, like, not harder. We train three or four days a week, and that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah, would we get you know more results if we train six days? Probably not. I'm gonna burn out, I'm gonna feel terrible. Or so if you like, did, they're super dis- uh, diminishing, yeah, they're you know? diminishing. So, like, we're three days a week, and I can get almost the exact same results yeah. as maybe five days. Well, yeah. isn't that Why what people I want? I want to establish a way of being mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. that supports me feeling like amazing every day yeah. okay let's do that let's not you know hit the peak and then dive bomb yeah yeah i yeah. think it's hard because a lot of people feel like they have to hit the peak well to so get results we talk we're talking about how thoughts influence how our lives yeah. look right well there are arguably like 12 irrational thoughts that were predetermined by some guru mm-hmm. but albert albert ellis but um you know one of those is albert Albert, you gotta be you gotta be smart for an Albert. Bro. Your parents are like, I want this kid to be a guru. <laughs> well, he's the father of a lot of cognitive behavioral theory, so he he lived up to his potential. Mm-hmm. Um, what were my parents thinking with Gary? <laughs> Gary, man, <laughs> not all garage. Gary, Gary Busey and Gary Coleman, and and me. Like, That's it. <laughs> okay, there's, there's no gurus. Nah, <laughs> there's not. So reeling it back in, <laughs> Albert. But, you know, irrational thinking is what he's really well known for coming up with. There are ways of irrational thinking lining up with that negativity bias. Irrational thinking serves us. It keeps us right where we are. It keeps us in our comfort zone. One of those ways of thinking is all or nothing. Yeah. If it's not this, it has to be this. If I'm not this, then I must be that. But it's not. It's a continuum. You've got to slide yeah. along that scale. Sliding scale. Yes. Yeah. Lights. Be a dial, not a light switch. I like it. Yeah. That's what we always go with. I like it. So... As we've talked about, stuff that's helped us, um, the other thing that kind of wraps around all the actual, like, um, you know, what to eat and how to mm-hmm, exercise, mm-hmm. we talk about thoughts. Yeah. The other big one is environment, right? So, oh like, you, you mentioned you have a supportive husband, right? Sure. And yeah. we're also lucky we're in the fitness industry, so we have colleagues and yeah. other people that live the lifestyle that make it easier. A lot of people don't realize how much their environment hurts them yeah you know and then then it comes back to then they're hard on themselves like i'm a failure right but if yeah if you're trying to eat less so you can lose weight and every instance you meet with your friends four times a week involves food and drinks Mm -hmm. i mean you're it's yeah 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 well again you ask yourself that question of how is this working for me right and if it is not working for me i get to choose and that's the thing a lot of us forget is that we mm-hmm. always have the power of a choice yes. i get to choose do i want to keep meeting them for happy hour or do i want to ask who wants to meet me for coffee another day in the morning yeah. before my workout mm-hmm. or after my workout and those of you who come with me thank you and those of you who don't i'll check on you later yeah. it doesn't it doesn't it's not all or nothing it doesn't mean you cannot have these friends it means you need to adjust your lifestyle to support what you desire. So how would you address if there's like a general thing? Because this is a very common one. Unsupportive spouses. Because oh they're, not, they're not like friends where you can just get new friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, I mean, you could. I mean, so let's, let's, it's let's, not unheard of. Yeah. <laughs> but let's assume we don't want to do that. Yeah. Yes. That's, that's, um, how do you have someone handle that? Like that's. Well, it's okay. The the baseline answer, and then I think this looks different for everybody, is one that we don't like. They aren't the problem. You're the problem. Right? Like, the way I am thinking about what they are or are not doing and why that's a problem for me is the reason I'm having a problem with it. Mm-hmm. So come back home and go, well, if I don't like walking in and seeing him eating Cheetos on the couch every night when I am supposed to go down to the basement to do my workout... Where are my choices? I can either nag him, yell at him, internalize it, complain to a girlfriend about it, try and stop buying Cheetos so he gets mad at me, or I can go in a different door, reroute, and get my workout in before I even have to confront that issue. Now, that's a super specific hypothetical, but the, the relationship issues 
cannot be solved until each person owns themselves and does exactly what we're talking about here today. Um, and I do delve into that. I, I'm really careful with how I set up coaching versus therapy. You know, when, when somebody comes to therapy, they're coming for a specific reason. Um, and then if someone comes to coaching, like I mentioned, I work with people on different levels. We need to be upfront about what we're touching and what we're not touching because some, mm-hmm. some of us are very possessive over yeah. the things we don't want touched. Absolutely. And that's okay. Like this is where you are. We have to be where you are, use what you have and start right here. Um, so if relationship is something that we want to talk about, we can't talk about that relationship. We have to talk about you in that yeah. relationship. Um, you know, for years we've heard the terms, you know, marriage is 50-50, relationships are 50-50. No, they're not. <laughs> it's 100-100. And it's sometimes it's 80-120. Sometimes it's, you know, 50-150. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a relationship is. And uh, the coolest thing ever uh, that I love using is the couch theory, which is, you know, Picture your classic American couch with three cushions. The middle cushion is the relationship. The outside cushions are the you and the them. At no point in time should either of those outside cushions be on each other. Mm-hmm. We should always meet in the middle, right? Yeah. So if I don't like something they're doing, how committed to my own goals am I? Yeah. Like how, how am I taking ownership and agency over my own life to create the outcomes that I want? Because... A relationship is dynamics. So if my dynamic changes in an authentic, organic, and a way of integrity, it's going to shift the dynamic of the relationship. Mm-hmm. So I have to have trust and faith and show up every day no matter what yeah. to see if those results occur or not. Yeah, we had a client who told me the other week she you know, had been doing her thing and losing mm-hmm. weight and she's been tracking and weighing her food and her significant other. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't say anything. She used to complain that about mm-hmm. he, you know, his he would um, not be very helpful. But mm-hmm. she mentioned how he's started weighing his food and stuff. You know, well, and, and you know, action I think is yes. And you have to give people the integrity of their own process. Yeah. If you are dissatisfied yeah. with their level of health, it's not your problem. You yeah. can care for them. You can have concern for them. You can even transparently share that with them. But you can't blame attack or request that they do things that you want to do. Um, I had the same experience, you know, coming up early years of my marriage. I just did my thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, there was a little nagging here and there. I made Jacob do P90X with me and he hated every second (laughs) of it. But uh, (laughs) he to this day will not work out with me. Um, But after a while, I realized like we're making each other miserable because I'm pushing the issue. So I let go. And I dove into doing my own thing. And that's really when I got hard and heavy with running and doing what I loved. And, like, it's pretty cool right now how in tune he is with some of the things that I had wanted a long time ago. And it's, yeah, people come to their, you know, come through their process at a way different pace. And that's something we need to be reminded of, too, remembering, like, how much we've been through in terms of, you know, nutrition and all of the training styles we've kind of migrated through and realizing that took us, like, 12 years. Yeah. And these people have been here for two months, and we're yes. expecting them to get it. Yes. Whereas, like, they kind of need to go through it. Yeah. yeah. And we got to be okay with people making, you know, making their own mistakes. Mm-hmm. And whether we tell them to do something or not, yes. if I say don't do that, well, sometimes they're still going to do it. Well, mm-hmm. and we have to let people fail. We had yes. to fail to get where we are. Exactly. And failure is just information. Yep. Yeah. So It's data. Yes. And, you know, I, that, that I run into that all the time where somebody has a bad coaching session in their qualification, mm-hmm. not in mine, or somebody has a bad therapy session in their qualification, and they're like, why is it like this? Why isn't it working? You know, and I'm going, oh, my gosh, do you know how good this is? Do yeah. you know what this means? Yeah. This means, like, yeah. this is such a good thing. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I finally come to a place where it's like, man, if I made people cry all day, I guess I'm doing my job. <laughs> Doesn't always feel good, but I know. it's like, okay, this is evidence that yeah. we're pushing the yeah. envelope here. We're, make, we're taking risks. We're getting uncomfortable. Yeah. I love when clients are complaining to you because you know they're actually doing <laughs> Yes. Right? So if no one's saying anything, you know, they're not complaining about being hungry or cooking sucks or this or that, you yeah. know, they're probably they're not, not trying, yeah. right? The, uh, the run coaching clients that I've had, we have a, a, a saying, it's, this is mile 18. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when we get to mile 18, it's okay. This is when you either pull out of the marathon or mm-hmm. you get completely miserable that you're even doing this or you go, okay, this is why I'm here. And yeah. you keep showing up. And so that's, that's the, like the that. metaphor we yeah. go back to when, when they're like, oh my gosh, I can't, I just don't understand. 
this is mile 18. Yeah. Let's just keep showing up. 21s. That's, that's what I say when I'm driving to Outer Banks. <laughs> this is mile 18. Yeah. I get to mile 18. I'm like, man, yeah. I don't, I hate these long drives. <laughs> Almost there. Because <laughs> running 18 uh, miles is. Uh, that's a hole. Yeah, that's my, well, I ran, I was a sprinter, so I'll, yeah, that's my 400 meters. Yeah. 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 I like it. That's my cat. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, do it over and over and over yeah. and over. Yeah. Oh, but, cool. Yeah, it's, it's, um, there's a lot that goes into it. Uh-huh. So I think people, you know, a takeaway is really, I think the best takeaway is give yourself time. And grace, man. Be mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. be nice to yourself. That's what I would say. Like the bottom, like if we were to like keep doing the digging and find the bottom of the mm-hmm. spiral, it really is like, do you love yourself enough to do what it is you say you want? You know, that's what time is. Um, I recently have become absolutely obsessed with, uh, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Dr. Edith Eager. She's a Holocaust survivor, 93-year-old psychologist. I can't even. Like, my life would be <laughs> complete obsessed. if I met her right now. But she says it like this. She says, uh, love is a four-letter word spelled T-I-M-E. Mm. And you can't just give that to other people, and some of us don't. Yeah, but are, yeah. are we are we doing that for ourselves? Yep. That's beautiful. Damn. <laughs> now nah, I don't want to ruin it. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't want to say anything. <laughs> just end. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, we're glad. I don't even know how long it's been. It's been like three hours. Three hours. I think so. there's, you know, so many different directions mm-hmm. and so many. We're in the business of people. Yes. Which is a never-ending yeah. All inclusive and ever expansive yeah. work that evolves, like we said, with the times, right? Like we see yeah. the problems, the hard part now, and is different from 15 years ago because mm-hmm. of technology and information, mm-hmm. and it's going to be different 15 years mm-hmm. from now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think with the younger generation whose communication is completely different, I think that it's going to be that's going to be uh, the communication is going to yeah. be way different in yeah. 10, 15 years. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, hopefully everyone enjoyed it. Um, I know we did, and then maybe even. You know, that was super, like, broad, and then people will really hear some things that resonate yeah. with them, and maybe we can have you back for, you know, specific things to that, expand a that little people want to dive in cool. on. So, I would um, love that. That's uh, Thank you guys so much for having me. Definitely. So if you are, if someone is interested in working with you, or mm-hmm. tell everyone the best, kind of like what you offer and how to reach you and, and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. So I had mentioned that I work with people on several levels, right? So I'll stop to- start top down. It's that all in, like, mm-hmm. and I, I only work with a couple of one-on-one clients is what I call that that service uh, at a time because it's so intensive. Mm-hmm. And I like to tell those people they get me in their back pocket. So I'm kind of all access all the time to those people. Um, but then I come down from there and I offer more specific niched Uh, coaching for any particular area of their life that they need that coaching in. That is a part of my base level uh, Mm -hmm. service, which is a group coaching program where we do fitness, nutrition, and mindset coaching. It's very general. It's very informative. It's education, accountability, and support. And it's it's super low cost, entry level. You can take it or leave it, uh, but it's all about giving information so that people can have access to tools and resources. And then from there, uh, say somebody wants to lose a particular amount of weight or somebody wants to run a marathon or somebody uh, is really just having that same mindset issue over and over again after they've gone through. Maybe one of one of the people is, is a member of the gym here and they keep having that same yo-yo or they keep coming yep. to you guys going, I don't know why I keep doing this, that self-sabotage. That would be the perfect scenario for that level of coaching. Mm-hmm. So it's really my mid, mid-level of coaching. Um, but no, people can find all that information on my website. It's awardinglife.com. And I'm happy to receive emails and chat through things to see what works best for yeah. where we are. That worked out well. I feel like you used your husband a little bit for that because your your name is oh. Amanda. Within, <laughs> no, no, no. In his last, your ward, right? Amanda yeah. Ward. And wow. It, is that, I mean, that's that was a did yellow. You think of that? Yeah, that was a yellow legal pad moment yeah. in the wee you, hours you of the evening. Were you just like, <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh? Well, he is a big part of. Yes, that that name was a, a <laughs> combined effort, and uh, I would not be doing what I what I am doing without yeah. his push because yeah. it was like I needed permission to go. I'm I'm allowed to do what I want with mm-hmm. my life. Yes, you yeah. are. And I, and I know too. For me, when you do what we do, and kind of you know you're an entrepreneur and doing your yeah. thing, there's yeah. a lot of uncertainty, and so to much. have the stability from your significant other, I mean you. It gives you a lot of chance. You know? It is huge. And I think the, the thing that people need to hear is it's not a requirement, but it is definitely a supplement. Yeah. Yes. Yep. 
Awesome. So yeah, you can reach out to Amanda that way. Um, you know, as you know, us, Coastal Strength and Fitness, the gym in Newport News. Uh, you can find us, our Instagrams and stuff too. Um, what's your Instagram? Is it at Awarding Life? Yeah. yeah. So she's, she's on there too. Yeah. You got it handled. You can find me that way wherever you are. Yep. And I can't, I, I'm going to have to come jump in on a group workout sometime. Yeah. Come Any on day. Through. Yeah. Come on through, please. <laughs> six, six days a week. Seventh day is uh, cleaning day. Yeah. <laughs> Ben's here. Do, uh, ben does some movement therapy stuff. So. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Well, everyone, we'll be back next week. Yep. We got actually, um, he'll, uh, Joe, we're going to be with a client, Joe, one of these days. I swear. Stuff keeps happening, but he's, you know, he's a runner and he's, you'll, you'll like his, his episode. So he talks about, you know, finding coastal and, um, getting into the strength stuff. Oh, and yeah. now he's, how old is Joe? Like mid fifties. I think mid fifties. Yeah. And he's in better shape he's ever been. Oh, he, he got super ripped and no pain. And now he runs more than ever. And he started doing like ultras and That's stuff. That's the place to be. But he's um, definitely... He's found balance mm-hmm. very, very well mm-hmm. and, and is very in tune with himself, I, I feel. So, yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear it. Yeah, yep. it's going to be a good one. He's, he's an interesting, dude. All right. So stay tuned, everyone. Have a great week. See you next time. As always, thanks for listening, guys. If you want to learn more, check us out at CoastalFitnessVA.com or GaryDeagle.com. We'll see you next time.